Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Hi, Warren and team. Uh, to start off, I'm a big fan of the Super Saver Julia series, as well as your book, How to Make Your First Million. I've been trying to replicate that success with my financial journey, and my question is whether I'm on the right track to be financially free before 40. Um, I am 24. I invest between 30 and 40% of my monthly income, and my current investments are as follows. I max out my tax-free savings account with Easy Equities in the Citrix MSCI world, and that sits around 160,000. I've got a retirement annuity with 10x at 28,000 and about 120,000 rand in cash, the majority of which is growing at 9% with Time Bank. I would appreciate any advice on how I can improve and reach my goal faster. Thanks. Congratulations. The, the way you're going at your age um, and the way you're saving and accumulating um, capital is, is really a good example. And I think, you know, you're, you're well on your way to, to follow the Super Saver Julia example that you mentioned. So, so that, you know, great job so far. And, and certainly I, want to, I would suggest that you, you keep it up. Uh, in terms of the things that you're doing and, and what you can do better, I like the way that you've done your tax-free savings account. I think that's a good uh, a good suggestion and a, and a good choice of, of fund. That MSCI World Fund is 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 an excellent option, um, and and certainly you can keep that uh, going for many years. So, so no need to change that whatsoever. Your RA ten X, uh, I think also you know it's a it's a good provider ten X. There's nothing wrong with them, uh, and and so you know if that's your your your, your retirement fund of choice, uh, I think that that's a good idea. And and then you've got your one hundred and twenty thousand cash at Time Bank. And I think that's probably the one where, where I think we need to just understand that a bit better and, and talk talk through the principles a bit. So for me, um, when you're young, uh, you, you need to have cash, uh, especially as an emergency fund. And, and uh, you know, just as a reminder to, to other people that are listening, uh, you know, an emergency fund, that, that should cover three to six months worth of your expenses. So if you've got a fairly stable job and, and you, you know, you've got predictable income, you can look at a an, an income rate of or a savings rate of th- three months of, of expenses in your tax-free savings. However, if you've got an unpredictable uh, income, you know, for example, if you earn uh, hourly fees or you you know you've got a gig uh, a gig job rather than a, a stable job, th- then you might want to have six months worth of expenses in your in your in your emergency fund. Uh, where you've got it earning nine percent, I think that's brilliant. It's almost impossible to get a nine percent interest rate nowadays. So, so there's nothing wrong with with, with the, the the fact that you've got the cash stored uh, at Time Bank. But um, I'm just questioning whether you've got too much cash, you know, because when you're young and and you you sit on too much cash, what you what you're sacrificing is the potential growth of of the stock market. Um, and one day when the when the global property markets grow again, you know the, the, that's another place that you could be getting some good growth. And, and I'm I'm more talking about uh, property companies that trade on the stock exchange or in exchange traded funds, and less about physical properties. So so I think you know my my question would would to you would be about your your cash holding that you've got. It's probably a bit high. Uh, 
And so, you know, if, if, it's, if it's your long-term savings and your long-term financial freedom money that you're building, then, then just be careful of that, of, of holding too much cash. And where, what can you do with the cash? You know, I think, uh, you know, to, to start another ETF investment that's not in your tax-free savings where you do, let, let's say, 50% into that MSCI world and, and let's say another uh, 50% into that core shares top 50 ETF uh, you know, in South Africa, is not a bad idea. Uh, you know, I think that th- those two are good are good ETFs. No- nothing wrong with them, um, and will help you get long term capital growth. So, so yes, I-, I think you're doing a great job. Well done. Uh, you- you're definitely saving extremely well. And you know, anyone that can save thirty to forty percent of their income on a monthly basis and can keep it up consistently will definitely get to financial freedom a lot quicker than than most. So, so savings, you're doing a great job. Retirement fund, you're doing a good job. Tax-free savings, great job. Uh, it's just the cash that that worries me a bit. So, so have a look at that, and and then you know come back to us in a few months and let us know how you're doing. Hi there, Warren. I have a lump sum of cash that I um, want to hold for two to three years uh, as a deposit for a property. How would you uh, recommend I invest this money? Do I just put it in the bank as a fixed deposit? or do I put it on the share market? Um, my understanding was that the share market was more of a long-term investment, five to 10 years. So what do I do if I've only got two to three years? That's a great position to be in while you're building up a, a, you know, a cash pile for a deposit on a house. Uh, you know, it's always a, a difficult time frame, two to three years, because you know, we, we don't really want to put ourselves in a position where we, we get no return on the money because you know, it sits dead for, for two or three years while we keep adding to it. And by the same token, we also don't really want to be in a position where we invest the money hoping to get a great return so that we've got an even bigger deposit for, for the house. And then suddenly, you know, the, the investment that we've bought has lost value and we actually go backwards and we can't afford to, uh, the, the deposit on the house. So, so I think it's, a, it's always a tricky time frame. And, and for me, I have a, a rule of thumb for myself when, when I'm investing money for a specific expense that I know is going to happen and it's going to happen in a, in a period of time that's, let, let's say, between one day and three years away, then I take no risk with investment uh, investments. In other words, I don't take stock market risk, I don't take property market risk, and I don't take bond market risk. What I will do with the money is I'll invest it, uh, for example, in a fixed deposit like you mentioned, or I will in, invest it in, a, in an income fund, which is a kind of a unit trust that I'll expand a bit more now, uh, or, or a money market unit trust. And, and I think for me, those are the main options w- when I make an investment decision, uh, especially for, for that kind of an expense. So just to explain the differences, a fixed deposit, uh, what I like about a fixed deposit is you know exactly what, what the rate will be, you know exactly how long the investment will be in for, and, uh, and provided you're willing to take the risk that you get your dream house and you have to break the, the, the fixed deposit period, uh, if, if that's the only risk that you take, then, then you know, that could often be a good solution. What I would say is just make sure you shop around because uh, you know, different banks offer quite different rates at, at, at all sorts of different times. You know? So you might go to you know, Bank A today and they'll say, sure, you know, the, the, this is the interest rate that we're offering for 12 months and you, and you find it quite a lousy rate compared to the other banks, but then you go back to Bank A in three months' time and suddenly they have the best rate. So, so what I would say is if you're going to choose a fixed deposit, um, make sure that you shop around, make sure that you, you, you understand what the terms and conditions are, because some banks might charge you a fee to actually put the money in uh, and to withdraw it again. And I, and I hate that. I, I think that's really unfair to you. So, so make sure that there are no fees for, for the fixed deposit and, uh, and make sure you've got the good rate. 
The alternative to that is that you look at something like a money market fund, which is typically a, a pretty safe place to, to earn interest. And, you, you know, you, your, your notice period is kind of a day. You know, if you put the money in on a Monday, the likelihood is you've got it back in your bank account by Wednesday or Thursday at, at worst. So, so generally quite low fees as well. Once again, if you're going to do a money market uh, unit trust at a bank, just be careful that they don't charge you fees to go in or fees to come out. I, I do know some banks do that, and, and I think that that's, again, it's, it's just not great to, to you as an investor. Um, and, and they might offer similar sort of interest rates to what banks will, will charge you for deposit accounts, like a fixed deposit of three or six months. Um, but at least the money spread across a range of different banks, you know, because when you buy a money market fund, it owns a whole lot of different uh, um, money market instruments by, offered by a whole lot of different banks. It's not just the risk of investing all your money in one bank. Uh, and if that bank goes south, you've got a problem. So, so that's the benefit of a money market fund. And then your last option would be a category of unit trust called income funds. Uh, they're often called things like flexible income or high income or flexible high income or something like that. Uh, typically, they'll, they'll try and give you a bit of a better return than what a money market fund will do. Uh, and, and they might be slightly more expensive, but, uh, but, but they can also lose a little bit of money if their investment decisions go wrong. So sometimes they take a bit of risk on, on investing in overseas currencies, for example, or uh, they, they buy slightly longer term bonds and then those bonds uh, perform badly and, and there's a bit of a risk there. But, but when I talk about risk, we're talking about potentially 2 or 3% losses in a really bad time, or potentially they only give you one or two percent return over twelve months, whereas you know you might have been able to get a five percent return on a fixed deposit. So if you're willing to take a bit of risk uh, for, for the return potential of earning a bit more than than a fixed deposit or a money market fund, you can look at flexible funds as a category. Uh, but you're hundred percent right with the rest of your, your your question. You know, definitely don't invest in the stock market. You know, stock markets are for investments of five to 10 years or longer, and definitely not for, for three years or shorter. So good luck with your savings. I, ho I hope it works well. And uh, you know, delay your, your bond purchase as long as you can to build up the biggest deposit, deposit you can. That helps you get the best interest rate from banks and hopefully gives you a bit of negotiating power. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.